You are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge, tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. There is no denying that the world feels really heavy right now. And sometimes I think, is this just growing up? Here in a couple of weeks, I'll be celebrating my 35th birthday. Oh my gosh. Halfway through my 30s. I feel like it was just two weeks ago I was saying, 25, I'm feeling alive. And, you know, I feel like your 20s are when you're like, yep, I'm still holding on to my youth. I'm still young. I'm still cool. And then when you hit the dirty 30, (laughs) you're like, oh, I, I guess I'm cool, but I don't care if I'm cool. I am me. And that's what's most important is that I'm me authentic to myself. And I'm caring less and less about what people think. But the 30s seems to be a decade where you are learning to accept and embrace the process of aging. 20s is learning to accept that you're not young, hip, and cool anymore. You, you got to become an adult, right? That's why your Saturn return is called an initiation into adulthood, an initiation into back pain, <laughs> an initiation into needing more sleep. But as I hit, maybe I should just say this for a podcast on my birthday to talk about, but I think what's hitting me most is not the increase in wrinkles and sunspots on my face. It's it's a reflection of in the last five years of half of my 30s, have I done everything I wanted to? And I feel like the answer is no. I've done some incredible things with some amazing people and I have had some really cool experiences, but and I have to take into account the pandemic, of course kind of put everyone's life on hold, but the answer that is a whisper in my gut is no. And I want to just melt and whine and say, why did I waste those years? I mean, it literally makes a center of my forehead start to hurt like a headache when I think of it. And I start to think, I don't get those years back. I don't get 31, 32, 33, and 34 back. They're gone. And while a piece of me is mourning and saying like, well, shit, I'm 35. I, um, I'm nowhere near financially where I want to be. I want to say that I can buy a house in the next year or two, but I'm nowhere near that. Uh, it's been such a regenerative transformative process of figuring out who I am and I I don't know I guess I just thought when you turn 30 you magically know or I look at some people who act like they know and I compare myself to them and think well why don't I and then I have the the consuming feeling of like if you don't make it by age 30, like if you didn't get on the cor- the correct career path for you in your 20s, good luck in your 30s cuz now I'm going up against 28-year-olds, 25-year-olds who are on their game. They know what they want. And while this may be like a victim mindset, it's also just 
it's a realization that comes with aging and I can imagine it gets more intense at 45. I, if I'm blessed to see that age, I can't imagine what it's like to be thinking like, dude, I'm halfway through my forties and I'm sure it carries on to your fifties. And then I, you know, being a human is just so interesting and how it's like our brains are eternally 21. Maybe that's why there's that clothing store called Forever 21. They psychologically know some something about human behavior. How we all eternally feel 21, but our bodies age. I don't know. It's a bizarre thing that I'm reflecting on lately and thinking like, shit, I got to get my stuff in order. I should have five books by now. I should be on my second home by now. And oh gosh, Never mind that whole biological reproduction thing. <laughs> I do. Uh, I will officially, if again I'm blessed to be a parent someday, which now at 35 I can say I'm straddling the fence of would love to, but would also be extremely thrilled to not. Uh, but I have to take into account like I'm aging and that's a scientific proof that the body's eggs and ovulation and estrogen, it all goes down and goes away. I was saying to JL the other day, I was like, I will, I don't know if I want to be a mom one day. I just, I don't know. It's intimidating. It's beautiful. I really want to, I think I have the privilege to be able to sit with myself and say, okay, okay. Do I want to be a parent? Or do I just want to do what society does and tell myself that it'll make me feel more happy or it will make me feel more satisfied with my life? And when I look at the goals I write down on paper, it's never to be a mom. And I don't know if that's because I truly don't want to. I don't know if it's selfish to say that I really want to focus on my career. And I want to travel and experience lots of things. And I don't know. I just don't know about it. But I feel like that biological clock is really intimidating where it's like, yeah, well, you've got, you've had plenty of years, over a decade to figure out if you want to. And if you still don't know, maybe the answer is no. But wise enough now to know better that I could next month be like, I've got to have a baby. I feel, I still feel like there's such a spiritual connection to spirit babies or children that choose you to experience something with them. I firmly believe in that. And I don't know, when I was 24, a psychic told me I would have three children. And I remember looking at her because at the time I was married and of course talks of having babies was always on the dinner table and I remember being so back and forth, like, okay, it's just what you do. You know, I was young, impressionable. I was like, well, everybody around me is having babies, so maybe that's just uh, what I'm supposed to do. And then another piece of me that was like, but no, I've never been to Australia. I've never gone here. I've never been on a cruise. I've never done this. I want to go here without a baby on my back. <laughs> And I looked around at the people I knew who had children and they just, it just seemed like forced happiness, like beautiful photos, but just stress and fatigue. And I was like, man, I cry a river when my dog is sick and I can't, 
I had a cat that had diabetes and that just ran me dry. And I don't know. I don't want to make this whole podcast about motherhood, but I do believe that there's a spiritual connection to the children that choose you and you choose children. I was saying a psychic once told me that I would have three children and I looked at her and she was looking at all the cards and she like had her eyes closed and she was like, oh yeah, oh, you're going to have lots of kids. Yep, three kids, two boys, one girl. The girl's going to be a tomboy. She loves to fish or something about fishing with this girl. But way, way, way later in life, way later in life, and like the way she was throwing her hand and like squinting her eyes together it was like way later in life. Well, when you're 24, 25 and hearing way later in life, you think, oh, when I'm 30. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's, you know, as an astrologer, I recognize this power because just as vividly as I described this woman telling me that is as vividly as it is in my mind. And so in the times that I have tried to conceive and it didn't work and the times that I've thought, well, no, I don't want kids. And all of the times I've just thought about child rearing, I think of her voice. It's that powerful. And when I apply that to my own job, knowing that my voice, when I give you guys readings on Zoom, could literally last you a lifetime. I can't fall too deep into it because I'll get so intimidated that I just won't give readings. But I do store it in the back of my mind and use my voice to empower you. Empower you. So I just think of that psychic in Charlotte, North Carolina, telling me, oh, way, way, way later in life. So as I age, I'm like, okay, well, maybe she meant like 35. Oh, shit, turning five, 35 next week. Um, Maybe she meant 38. You know, 38's not too bad. And, well, if I were to get pregnant right now, that would mean I would have a baby when I was 36, and I'm a geriatric pregnancy. So I guess, <laughs> like, what the heck? Ugh. And then sometimes I just want to throw my hands up and say, hey, que sera, sera. If it's meant to be, it will be. I don't want to force it. I think when I was married and we were like towards the end of our relationship, I, I did. I wanted to force it. We, we tried for eight months and it never worked. And I remember that final eight, eight month mark thinking, okay. Enough. This is just enough. This is exhausting. And um, I don't think I've ever shared that before. You guys are getting Scorpio truths, but uh, obviously, divorce now. Very glad it didn't happen. But it makes you think. It does make you process and think, well, there's all these spiritual sayings of like, well, maybe we weren't connected. Maybe we weren't meant to be parents together. But I'll tell you, me and my ex-husband named our children. We had their names picked out. I, I saw them in visions. It was wild and it was vivid. And so when we separated, it still lingered in my mind of like, well, what was that all about? We did all the manifesting things. It felt so real. We would often talk about them as if they were here. And we would sometimes point out kids and be like, that looks like a, a son that we'd have. Like it was so real. So what happened? You can throw all the spiritual theories of, well, timelines shifted or law of free will. We chose to separate. Maybe if we had stayed together, it would have happened. Who knows? It's interesting to think about though, huh? But now I'm turning 35 and I guess this is turning into a podcast about my 35th birthday, even though it's not even here. It's just something that has been so heavy on my mind of like, whoa, halfway through my 30s. 
Jael often has to remind me, like, Steph, you've come such a long way from when you were 30 and doing this. Like, you've got to see your growth. I'm really bad at that. I'm so in my own fishbowl that I can't pull myself out and look through the weeds and see the growth that I have experienced. I'm just so knee deep in it that I'm like, get better, be better. If I don't see a house in front of me, that I am not successful. If I don't have this amount of money in my bank account, then I suck. <laughs> if I don't have this many followers, well, then my content isn't good enough. Oh, I've got a harsh inner voice, which is definitely that Saturn and Capricorn coming loud and clear in my chart. But, yeah. There's a lot of energy circulating the world right now. If if you can't already feel it, Jeffrey's snoring in the background. He doesn't feel it. He feels great. Bless his little puggy heart. But I just, I haven't done one of these types of podcasts for you guys in a while where I just sit and freestyle like it, like as if it's a Dear Diary episode. I've been so focused on teaching astrology because it's amazing and it really helps you self-discover, you know, speaking of that inner critic and you guys know if you've been rocking with me for a while, I always bring up money, how I don't I don't have the finances to buy a house right now, uh, my bank account. Those are my recurring themes, right? Well, if you look at my birth chart, my Chiron, the wound in my chart, the sore spot is in the second house of earned income. Oh, it was so validating to see that when I was in astrology school. Like, what what area of life is a sore spot for me? Oh, the second house of earned income. Got it. Thank goodness I grew up on welfare and it just really solidified the lack mindset. <laughs> oh, and always lived in a single parent household. So, you know, money was never extremely abundant. We got to a point where we had enough and more than enough. We got to travel a little bit in the U.S., in the Bahamas. We went to Mexico. We had fun. We had abundance for sure. But um, on my own, it's, an, it's another story. And my Saturn, you know, Saturn in the birth chart will tell you, where might you experience restrictions and limitations? Mine's in Capricorn, the sign of money, work, manifesting, of course, I tell myself, I experience restrictions. Everybody else seems to just effortlessly make money. And then I'm over here like, Mwah, without looking at the numbers and the growth in like workers lounge and astrology and saying, oh, wait, I've actually done a pretty dang good job. <laughs> no, let me attach to my wound as my identity. <laughs> Get away. <laughs> uh, what else in a birth chart? Your sixth house. This is the house of healing and health. <laughs> What do you think? Of course, I've got a stellium in there. I've got my Scorpio, Moon, Venus, and Pluto stacked on top of each other to the degree in the sixth house. Of course, your girl's got some healing of her own to do on top of being a healer myself. It just comes naturally for me to want to touch people and heal them that way, for me to want to give them my utmost presence in conversations, to heal them that way, to give them depth. We crave depth from people, and boy, is it hard to find it in humans nowadays, and that's a healing thing, right? So how's your sixth house? Even though I've got all my Scorpio placements in there, my sixth house is actually ruled by Libra, so I love to bring balance and art to the people, right? Oh, I learned something cool from Deb, my astrology teacher, Deborah Silverman. Shout out to her. Uh, 
your midheaven, the top of your birth chart, MC, that's what it is, where you're going in life. If you guys have ever invested in a reading with me, you know, we look at that midheaven and say, all right, I want to push you towards this and pull you out of that IC, the IC line, the bottom of your chart, the belly of your chart. This is your childhood. You can tell so much about the experiences one has had in their childhood. But checking out the condition and the sign that their IC line goes through. Um, my midheaven goes through Aquarius. I should be moving towards astrology, towards having a wacky, quirky, eccentric. Whenever someone asks, hey, what do you do for a living? I say, oh, a little bit of this and that. I really don't know what to tell you. I <laughs> gotta be quirky with that Aquarius midheaven. But what Deb taught me is you have to release the IC in order to move into the MC. So my IC going through Leo tells me that my childhood, somebody or some problem took up the room. It was big, it was loud, it was powerful, like a lion, Leo. And um, you guys know I grew up with a brother who um, had Asperger's and struggled a lot growing up. And so, of course, I was like, yes, ma'am, I want to protect my mom, so I'm not going to share my problems. I'm not going to bother her because she's got her hands full as a single mom. I need to work. I need to make my own money and pay for my own things. Like, just be quiet and do be the good girl. Do what's good. Make mom proud. You know, I couldn't help it. It was just natural for me to see that with that energy going on in my household. And so, of course, my midheaven, where I'm going, is like, you know what? I am not going to be the good girl. I am not going to do what everybody tells me to. I'm going to become a professional astrologer and make everybody go, what? How do you do that? I don't know. I invented a way. I finally chose myself and chose what I love to do for once. And it's shining through. So these are some healing parts of your birth chart that you can look at. And of course, if all of that just confused the hell out of you, I know. Astrology is like learning a second language, but the more you practice and the more you read every day, the more it sticks. So you come see me, www.lightworkers-lounge.com. Click on birth chart readings, basic birth chart if you're new to the game, advanced reading if you know your sun, moon, and rising. And always remember, guys, always use your podcast listener discount code gratitude because I'm so thankful for you guys, for the downloads, for the comments on the show, you know, uh, Monday newsletter. You guys, it's Monday today. Thank you for responding to today's. I talked about Aquarius stuff. I asked you guys in today's newsletter, what do you think the world would be like if you own, if people, if everyone only posted the bad parts of their day, <laughs> only posted selfies of like when they first wake up and their eyes are puffy and crusted with boogers and they look like shit. <laughs> Just, what would social media be like if that's the only thing we saw? Would we all feel better about ourselves? Would we all feel more human? Hmm, I don't know. But the email before that, I was asking you guys, like, what do you think about Lightworkers Lounge changing the name? Because I don't want to be associated with Twin Flames Universe. I don't want the word Lightworker to put me in a box of these, like, fake spiritual gurus. I don't want to be known as that. And I know that Lightworker has kind of created this connotation to it of sage sticks and crystals. And while I love those things so much, I don't personally use them anymore. Well, that's a lie. I've got crystals sitting around the house. How can you not? They're beautiful. And I do believe they bring good energy, of course. Um, and my mom made me a homemade sage stick that's still drying in the dashboard of my car. <laughs> I love those things. 
But, you know, I don't think to use them anymore. I think I just feel more in control of my reality and use those things very minimally, only when it comes to me, only when I need them. Right? I don't know. Isn't it interesting to watch the climate of spirituality shift? Isn't it interesting to see how crazy 2018, 2019, 2020, how they were with spiritual people just going viral everywhere? Insane. And I've been pondering the fact that since 2016, I don't know what it was with that year, but it was the middle of the year. For me personally, it was June 2016 when it just seemed that something popped, <laughs> whether it was my personal life or something in the, in, the, in the earth, in the air, in the atmosphere, in the dimensions, in the energetics of our planet. Something snapped. And the other day, I made a coffee and I sat down and I was like, I'm going to research, like, Come on, I'm an astrologer now. I can look. What was going on in 2016? And I couldn't find anything. But it just seems like that year, if Earth is a Rubik's Cube, something snapped and switched. And ever since then, it's just kind of been, been going downhill. <laughs> I don't want to be pessimistic with this, but you know what I mean? It just feels like the life lessons have accelerated, that people releasing really heavy energy has accelerated, that light, in fact, has been trying to get to the surface, which means it's blinding a lot of people and they're resisting it and it's getting chaotic. It really makes you wonder what's... And, and it just feels like... like Let's use a better analogy. In 2016, if you've ever used a gas stove, you know how you switch the knob to light and it goes <coughs> while it's trying to catch a flame? I feel like 2016 was the <coughs> trying to catch a flame. And then 2017, we got a little flame, but we turned it down because you always want to start slow. And then 2018, turned up. 2019, we're getting medium hot. 2020, 2020, okay, we're boiling noodles, here we go, and I just, now we're at 2023, like, what? No, we're, in one month, we're going to be in 2024. I feel like someone also, maybe it's aging, I don't know, again, I feel like someone also pressed a button that just sped up time, but I feel like now the flame is so hot and high that now what us we are just like cooking on this flame and we're like what do we do it's kind of, hey it's getting a little too hot here like the other day i stood in the grocery store parking lot with jo looking line for line at our grocery store receipt going dude we have not changed our diet anything at all in fact we've been eating less because we've been really struggling with this sore throat sickness for a month now going on four weeks and so we've been eating literally just liquid diet and uh we're like, there's no way two boxes of food cost $400. There's no way. And we were literally going through the receipt like, how? How? What is, what is happening? <sighs> I wish I could wave a magic wand and just go back to like 1994. <laughs> and just play on a swing set at my granny's house. And just relax, and I don't know what AIM or AOL is, and I don't know what the internet is, and 
Fun fact, when uh, Facebook came out, I was a senior in high school, and I remember I was dating a guy older than me, and his mom had a really cool technology job, and she was like, oh, honey, you need a Facebook. I was hanging out at his house, and his mom was like, oh, you're going to college. You need to make a Facebook. And I was like, what is that? Like, no. I like grabbed a snack and sat next to her on the table. And she's like, look, you just make a little profile. And she's like, when you go to college, they always, you find your roommates and people that live in your dorm through this thing called Facebook. And I, I remember telling her like, mm, nah, I think I'm okay. Thank you though. Doesn't resonate. <laughs> but, uh, eventually the college that I was going to that fall did send an email saying you have to have a Facebook so we can track people in the dorm and so you can meet other people you got to make one so I just roll my eyes and was like whatever fine okay but um another fun fact I became the president of my dorm room because I went door to door every single door knocked on it introduced myself said hey what's up what are you majoring in this is what I'm doing. I want to run events for the dorm. Oh, it was back in the day when the hills and Laguna Beach were a thing. Oh my God, I'm so fucking old. But I would have like watch party for the girls to watch those. And then I would have watch parties for Sunday night football for the guys. It was so fun. And I would organize like volunteer things to go work with autistic students. since so that really has a soft place in my heart. My ultimate favorite was taking everybody who wanted to come to a nursing home to play board games and just talk with the elderly and give them some company. That was awesome. Oh, you want to know real advice? Go to a nursing home and just talk to the people in there. Woo! So cool. But uh, I don't know. I guess it's a little lesson for me is that you don't need social media to get followers. You can just go door to door. Although now I feel like people are so afraid of people coming to their door that they're like, get away, what are you doing here? There's like so many elaborate security systems on everyone's door. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'll never forget this summer when um, the little town I was living in in Indiana with my family, I will oh cherish that summer so, 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 so much. <sighs> they had their little town parade and they've been doing it for like 35, 40 years, every summer, same day, same weekend of the summer. It's amazing. Uh, we sat outside in lawn chairs while a parade went by and threw candy at us. It was so fun. And then it's followed by everybody goes up to the town park and there's food trucks and music and games. And so my grandma was so excited. She's lived in this town her whole life practically. So she was waving at all the elderly in the parade, like calling them by name, saying, hey, how's so-and-so? I'm like, this is so cool to know people like that. But we went up there, and we were all eating cheeseburgers from a food truck, and my grandma just looks around, and she goes, well, dang, this is sad, <laughs> with her little country accent. And I was like, what? And she's like, there's nobody here. And I looked around, and I'm like, yeah, it Kind of is really dead. There's not many. She's like, I remember when they first did this, there were carnival rides, there were carnival games. Like it was big and everybody, I mean, every parking lot here was full. And she's like, I know every generation misses their good old days, but she's like, I really feel that the good old days are gone. Like, I don't know if it's going to get better for y'all. <laughs> and I was like, it was stark, but it was also like, you know what, Granny? I think. I think I know what you mean. And so if that's the case, well, what, what lies ahead? Right? And they wonder why antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications are so popular. 
I don't know what lies ahead. <clears throat> Ooh, my voice cracked. I don't know what lies ahead. I still have hope that there's some beautiful utopia that we can use technology to our advantage to create. Uh, but it is. We're, we're definitely in a weird space of limbo right now. You feel that? Where it's like a lot of people are shedding identities, shedding skin. A lot of people are correcting their identities, correcting like, whoop, I was creating a brand or creating a career or I was going down this path with a relationship and oof, no, 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 I, I got to get back on course or I've got to get on a brand new course that I feel called to take. And it's just nothing is simple anymore. Maybe that's what my granny meant. Everything is complex. And perhaps that is just the new world. Complexities. Right? Hmm. We don't know what lies ahead, but what I do know is that there's a collective feeling with us that even if we only connect through this podcast like we are right now, that's still pretty darn cool to have that ability to connect with each other through voice like this. You know, I listen to podcasts a lot now. I know I used to say, like, I don't even listen to podcasts, but I'm a podcaster. Well, now I do. I've got some favorites and, you know, how I feel isolated sometimes here in a new place in Texas while we get to know people. And podcasters are really, like, my friends, my people. And I often think, well, hold on, wait a second. I am, I wonder if that's me to some people. I wonder if someone's in their kitchen chopping vegetables for dinner right now while playing my voice. I wonder if someone looks at the pile of dishes looming in their kitchen sink and it's like, oh, fine, I'll go do it. Cause I know I get to listen to Steph while I go scrub some dishes. Like I do with some of my favorite podcasters. Guys, I'm so weird. My favorite podcaster is Andy Frisella. I love so, there's so many things he says that triggers me, but I love it. I can't get enough of it. Andy and DJ on, uh, it's called Real AF. I love Brianna Weist. West? Weist? She's, her voice is so soothing. I love her podcast as well. And uh, yeah, I just look forward to listening to those people. Oh, of course, Rachel Brayton from the heart with her. Love her voice. Love her insights into real world and life. And these people feel like my friends. And I think, you know, this podcast I'm recording right now with you, I'm like, there's no point to this, is there? But there is. There could be someone chopping celery listening to me feeling like, I've got a friend. I've got someone that understands me or someone that triggers me or someone that opens my mind like the people in my immediate circle can't. Like, it's a gift. And that I look forward to in the future because I really do believe that with inventions of technology we're going to come closer together somehow we've got to find a way right okay wrapping this up i'm going to go enjoy the sunset on this beautiful november warm 80 degree day here in south texas feeling blessed feeling abundant and what's cool is i did not wake up feeling this way at all i woke up matching the weather feeling overcast foggy confused like all of my efforts are pointless and I've been working 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 for nothing or what else did I tell myself oh you don't do enough you're gonna fail you are not enough there's people better than you oh guys I'm not immune to those two but I went for a walk got a good sweat on drank water hugged my partner hugged the dogs crossed 
three things off of my critical task list, which always makes me feel good to do that cross through something and like, okay, if I just keep doing these every single day and drinking my water and moving my body, like something has to shift. Something will work in my favor. It's the long game. I hope you guys remember this. It's the long game where we see a lot of influencers or people on social media get famous overnight. I hear the stories all the time. Like I've, I've been a writer and I posted something on the internet and it went viral. And I say that to you guys. I often say like I had a divorce podcast episode and it went viral and all of a sudden Live Workers Lounge is on the map. But what you don't see is I was blogging years before that. What you don't see is I was writing Instagram captions since 2012, putting writing out there. So it's always been something, a long game that I've worked on. Um, just keep showing up every day. Take good care of your mental health, your physical health. And on days where you just want to eat cookies and lounge around and read a book and only have two cups of water, if that, fine. <laughs> you can change tomorrow. But self-discipline really is a really, really, really great key to happiness. Doing the things that you want to say, no, I'm not doing it. You feel so good after you do. I love you guys. I do. I'm so thankful for you. I appreciate you. I'll see you if you book a reading. I am going away for my birthday in true Sagittarius form. I'm running away. But my calendar is open for the rest of November and then starting in about mid-December, open through the holidays. So come see me. Let's talk the stars. Let's, if you're feeling really stuck and you really need someone to help you unravel the knots that have you feeling permanently tied down to a reality that you don't like, this is what astrology is for. To remind you, to encourage you, and like I said, to empower you. So, lightworkers-lounge.com. Thank you for your time, for your listening ears. I love ya. Hope to see you one day soon. Bye. It all